This episode is brought to you by MDC Strategy. By the Hood has partnered with several other educators and investors to create MDC Strategy. This is not a get-rich-quick scheme or fake internet gurus selling you dreams of wealth. This is a community of educators and investors who believe in the power of community and shared ideas. We share information about real estate, long-term stock investing, precious metals, options trading, cryptocurrency, and much more. For more information, visit mdcstrategy.com. This is not investment advice. It's for educational and informational purposes only. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the Buy the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every episode, that is with gratitude. And a special shout out to all of our students from MGC Strategy, as well as the youth from the By the Hood Ownership Camp and the folks in By the Hood University as well. I got my partner, Crown Core McCore. How are you, good brother? Man, I'm chilling, man. Every day above ground is a good day. So let's go get it. Absolutely. Right. So this is a special episode because we got our brother on with us, man. Like, you know, we don't talk to a lot of folks no more because folks be out here frauding. But this is our guy right here, man. I want to make sure I give him an opportunity to come on and we can have a great conversation, man. Uh, this is our brother, Don Johnson. As you see, we call him V-Don and we're going to talk about why we call him V-Don shortly. Um, but this is this is a brother. Let me give you a little bit of uh, a context of why I think Don is a great conversation to have. Um, Don believes in the fire movement. Right. And for those who don't know what that is. You know, financially independent, retire early. There are different variations of it. So um, Don invited me to a group online full of black people who will practice the fire movement. And to me, it's one of the shout out to everybody in the group. You know, Afro's on fire. It's one of the groups uh, on the Internet because you find people who practice fire who are, aren't into all the gimmicks, the run to play culture and all that. They're talking about saving money. They're talking about being smart with your money and building wealth. Right. So I thought it was interesting. I was like, Don, I got to get you on to talk about this because you know, this is what Don always talks about. So, you know, without further ado, man, Don, man, how are you, good brother? I'm good, man. I can't complain. Still breathing. So I'm happy and living. I heard that. I heard that. Listen, man. So me and you were talking before we came on and I want to share a little bit about the audience. I know that you were a military guy, right? Um, are you still in the military or were you military? I'm still in. I still got uh, 18 months to go counting down every single day until I uh, hit my 20 and walk away. Are you walking away at 20? You sure you're gonna re-up again, man? Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> 20 was 20 was good enough. Actually, I'm actually I'm dropping. I should drop my I'll be dropping my retirement papers here in probably about three or four weeks just to give them a heads up. Like I'm right, done. Man. Well, first off, well, before we even get into that, man, congratulations on that. That's a that's a major accomplishment, man. Yeah, man. Retirement. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, man. So one of the things I want to talk to you about is because we've talked to people in the military in the past. Some, um, you know, get into finances, start to understand their money. And some people have no idea what's going on with their money. Like you told me, some people know that I get paid on the first or the 15th or first and the 15th. And I'm just going to ride it out. They have no idea. What made you get into personal finance and saving money and investing? Uh, it was it was kind of quick and in a weird way. Like I was um, I was heading out to Iraq for this would have been my, my third time there. And. Uh, I caught the bus home. Like I, I was a greyhound type of dude going up to Philly, and then, um, and I had like four or five large suitcases uh, filled with stuff, clothes, sneakers, all this different stuff. And I had a a, a storage unit right up there on um, 
on Germantown Avenue across from the Rite Aid. I had a storage unit up there and I was just looking at it one time. I put all my stuff in there. I was looking at it one time and it and I looked at it, I was like, I had video games stacked. I had 20, 30 pairs of sneakers. I had brand new polo, lacrosse shirts, like hundreds of pairs of jeans. And every single day I was home, I was home for like three weeks. I would go there to get a brand new set of clothes and I would change out. And I, I, I was looking at it. One time I just stopped and I looked and I was like, yo, this stuff costs a lot of money. And I was thinking the whole time, I'm, I'm catching a bus like normal, like in Philly, just catching a bus around and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't even got no car, but I got like a storage unit with, you know, probably ten to $20,000 worth of clothes, sneakers, um, video games and the whole nine. I was like, this is a waste of money. But that was, that's probably, I think I would have been 2008 or so. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't do much. I really didn't make any changes at that point. I just realized like, yeah, I wasted a lot of money. So I spent another few years continuing to waste money uh, until I got uh, stationed out in California about 2013 or so. And it would just happen to be one week. I was just sitting on the internet on YouTube and I ran into, I ran into a dude that just talks about baby steps or whatever. And I binge watched that for like, literally like three, four days. I was like, yo, this dude make a lot of sense. And because of the stuff I did in the military, my particular job, I did get a nice size bonus uh, early about 2008 or so. So I had a nice little bit of change sitting around, but I had, you know, fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars worth of credit card debt, car payments. And I remember I literally remember I'm like, oh, I only got to pay seven hundred dollars a month to my credit card and I'm good. Right? And that was like minimum payment. So I was like I was in there. So I, I, I listened to him or whatever. And at the, literally at the end of like maybe three days of binge watching this, I was like, oh, let me just pay all this off. And I completely paid off my car, uh, all my credit card debt, literally in a swipe of it, like just literally, you know, transferring money over, paid it all off. So at that point in time, I'm debt free. And then I was like, yo, I got a lot of extra money. What to do with extra money? You know, before I never really had any extra money, I put like a hundred, maybe two hundred dollars in savings away, but I never had any extra money. And then I had to realize, like, I learned, like, what do I do with extra money? And then that's when I found investing. And that's when I just started uh, tossing money into, as you know, normal Vanguard funds initially. And then. Yeah, yeah. So, we'll but what, so going back to your beginning, though, you're from Philadelphia. What part of Philly are you from? Uh, right up there. Uh, one, nine, one, one, nine, right up there. Chewing oh, Philadelphia. Like, oh, that's that's oh, home. I knew it had to be my area. You talk about. Um, <laughs> Germantown and Top of Hocken, that's where that right aid is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I know exactly where you're from, right? Okay. Okay. I got family. I got family from Dogtown. Like that's where my family grew up, right on Springer Street. Anyway. Oh, so okay. So anyway, with all that being said, though, um, so after high school, you went right into the military. Yeah, I mean, like, not even right after. I mean, that night, like, I literally, Dang. I threw my hat in the air from graduation. Literally, if I'm looking at it from like a TV type of thing, I threw my hat up in the air. And then before it landed, I was already in Paris Island, South Carolina, standing on some footprints, getting yelled at. Was that, was that always your plan? Like, you come from a family in military? Uh, no, I had one uncle that was in the military. I, I really didn't talk to him much, but it was just because um, 9-11 happened. That was my first week of school. Whoa, like, that was whoa, 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 whoa. Your first week of school was 9-11? Yeah, like that was my first week in high school. So, like, quick story. Like, we all got put in the buses. I remember um, it was third period. I, I was I went way on the boondocks up there on, on the boulevard. What's up? What high school did you go to? Uh, Swinson Arts and Technology. 
Okay. Okay. So it was like red line in a boulevard. And this was the first time I ever deal with like white people my own age. So it was completely different. So I I, I know I was like, man, these kids weird, like long jackets and shit. I was like, I don't know anything about this. But so 9-11 happened. I, I was in third period lunch when we were watching on TV. I went to a computer class where back then you're learning how to type and all that stuff. And I put my head down, went to sleep. And then the teacher came in. I didn't even, I remember his name, but he came in and kicked my desk. He's like, Mr. Johnson, wake up. Yada, yada. And we had like, we still had name tapes on our little desk because we just met each other. And it was like literally like one of the first days. And he's like, Mr. Johnson, wake up. This is going to change our, this is going to change our country. Yada, yada, yada. And I was ignorant and I was rude. I was just like, bro, I live in Philly. That's in New York. That ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> and then, like, I was, I was dead serious. Like, man, that ain't got nothing to do with me. I don't know nobody in no buildings. I ain't never even seen a building that hot. That ain't got nothing to do with me. I put my head back and went back to sleep. And then he asked me, he's like, he's like, what happens if our country go to war? And literally that day, I said, like, if we go, then I'll go. But ain't, ain't my, ain't, ain't my, ain't my problem right now. And literally that day, they put us on a bus. We got out early, like probably around twelve o'clock or so. I went, I went to the recruiting station. Um, I talked to all the recruiters. I talked to the Army, the Air Force, uh, Coast Guard. I talked to everybody, um, and everybody sat down. And at this time, I might, I might be like fourteen years old, and I was a, I was a small fourteen year old. So you didn't, no one thought I was eighteen or whatever. Like you could tell I was a kid. And they all talked to me. They all gave me the spill about uh, joining the military and all this and that, except for the Marines. That's what that was the last one I went to. I just walked in there. And it was weird because this big, big ass dude, like Sapsarn Lemon was his name. He was big ass black dude. He's sitting behind his little computer screen and he like he pokes his head out from on the screen and he looked at me and he, he could tell I wasn't old enough. He was like, get the fuck out. Like straight like that to my face. And I was, and, and I, I was like this in my head. I was like the other the other people were all nice to me, giving me cookies and stuff like that and all this. And then I'm like in my head, I'm like. No, like, yo, in my head, I'm like, don't fucking talk to me like that. I'll beat you the fuck up. That's what I was thinking, but in my head, I was like, he probably could beat me up. Like, he's he, he a big-ass dude. So I was like, I get close to his desk, and that's when he told me to get out. And I turned around. I walked, and I got to the door. He's like, hold up. He's like, how old are you? And I was, I was like 15 or 14 or whatever I said. And then he was like, he was like, all right. He's like, when you get your report card saying that you're going to the 11th grade, are you going to the 12th grade, come back. And I was like, all right, whatever. And then I remember getting to the door and I pulled the door and he was like, yeah, but you're not going to do it because you're not built for this. Oh, and then got you got it, you that way. Yeah. So, so like, and I remember turning around mentally, turning around like what? I was like, bet. And at that point I knew like, like that was literally like the first week of high school. And I was already, I was already signed up at that point, really, to be honest with you. I was like, Yo. challenge accepted. Let me, let me, let me see what this is all about. Yo, the male ego is crazy, bro. The male yeah. ego is crazy, right? <laughs> you went from wanting to fight more to wanting to fight beside you. <laughs> right there, like you ain't built for that. Your ego was like, yeah. hold on, who you talking to, right? Who you talking to, old head? Like, you, don't know, you don't know nothing about me, dog. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me ask you a question, right? I want to ask both you guys this question because Corey served in the military, but I don't have that experience. But um, money and finances, is it something that's talked about openly with the military no. in any sort of way? Um, no, 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 no. Okay. It is, to be honest with you, the military is still built on old, old officer and a gentleman. Like, I don't know if you ever seen that movie, but it, it, it's, it's built around, it's still built around that. Like, your officer side, like, I'm enlisted personnel, but your officers, they, they come from money. Like, they, they not... 
Yeah. You there's nothing that you run into an, an officer and like, oh, my dad's a senator. Like that's like they come for money, and some of them are joining uh because it's a lot of them do it because it's part of their inheritance. Like if their dad was in the military, but they end up, you know, being a senator or something like that. Sometimes it's part of their their inheritance. Like, oh, you gotta serve four years in the military to get getting your inheritance. So you still kind of have that. So your officer side, they're they're wrapped in it and they, they make enough money where it's important, but your enlisted side is not it's really like under wraps like you may meet a few people that talk about it, a few people that's into it but majority of people are not and it's not it's not even though we have access to like legitimately access to cfps like access to uh cpas we have access to this and they're all on base and they're all free you go talk to them anytime you want to you can take any of your car leases to them anything anything that you ever sign you can take it to them and get free advice financially but don't nobody ever do it and, you know it's very few people that take advantage of it uh, so it's not talked about all the only, it's, only thing that's ever brought up is like, hey, don't spend all your money at the store. Don't spend all your money on alcohol and women and don't buy the stupid, expensive Corvette or whatever you're going to buy. But that's yeah, so, that's the baseline of it. So that's interesting to me. Corey, you got a point about it, Corey? No, I was just saying, like, I, my time in the Army is when I made my weirdest, dumbest purchases. Like, because I had money and everything was paid for. No. So, yep. I like so it I actually so it actually led to bad habits. It led to terrible habits. Like, you got too much, you got too much disposable income. Yeah, like literally I eat for free. I don't got no overhead, no rent, no nothing. My clothes is provided for me. You know what I mean? Like I get you it. literally I get get a, you're getting a check. The only thing I had to buy was like stuff for my boots and stuff like like little razors and stuff like that to make sure you can shave. So I was spending like maybe $150 a month on you know the little trinkets and stuff I needed. But I was getting a check for like $3,300 a month. Oh, so you was you was in the so, street. You was so you was the getting them $40 dates. Yo, so <laughs> my, my roommate, <laughs> yo, listen, man. I, no, I but listen though. Well, I'm joking, I'm joking, but let me let me say this though, because the one thing I do see. Right on a, on a positive side from the military side is a lot of times when people get out, whatever kind of discipline or habits they built um, while in the military actually helps the people that actually get into finance. Like I, I've met people who um, like care about their money at this point, but they have a military background. But that discipline or whatever skill set they learn helps them thrive. Right. Yeah, so, do you, so that's my question to you, Don. Do you think that the discipline or whatever you learn is like helped you now that you're focusing on fire and your money? Um, has it contributed in a positive way? Uh, yeah, I, it, it does. Like, obviously, like the disciplines of it does, like disciplining your, your everyday life, obviously, is going to translate to discipline with your money. But on the, um, but with it, on, on top of it, I think some of the, um, I think when you start off with having so little, I guess, like when you get more, you don't, it's not a big rush, I guess. It's, for me, at least, it wasn't. Like when, like, like Corey was saying, like you start out when you, you know, you're living in the barracks, whatever have you, the dorms, and you don't have any expenses, you don't have anything, and you live in, it's like living like a broke college, a broke college kid, like everyone always says. And you you take that to, you know, you spend a few years, you make a little bit more money, more money, more money. You can keep doing that. Once you get married, like again, your housing could still be paid for. So you still, you still kind of maintain that for a long period of time. But you still run into the same problems. Too much disposable income, mm -hmm. so that it's, it's kind of a give and take on both sides. Got you, got you, got so you. That was that was the the um the precursor to my week in Miami, where I spent like thirty <laughs> racks in Miami in a weekend, bro. Did like, you have fun though? 
Oh, I had more fun than than, than flanking. You can you can't count the amount of fun I had. <laughs> All right, here we go. I, I I spent so much money. I had to call my brother to get a ticket back to the to the barracks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so let's get into this though. So so you get into finance. You you start by paying off your debt, and then you start by investing, right? So we jokingly call Don Vidon because one of the things that Don talks about often is his love of Vanguard and Vanguard funds. So what led you to Vanguard to like, you know, I, I know that when I see you online talking about money, it's always like, you know, VT, what's, what's your joint? Uh, uh, VTF, is that your joint? Uh, well, most of my money is in VT. Yeah, VGD, VGT and VTI um, and VYM are like my three heavy holdings right, as far so as. Let me tell you, me tell you how much yeah. I'm in the Vanguard. That's the high dividend yield. That's yep. the total stock market index. And the other one is the tech one, right? Yep. yep. VGT ah, is yeah. the tech. VTI is the total index. And VGM VYM is the high dividend yield. Right? The high, high yeah. dividend. I'm a fan. I'm a Vanguard boy too. Just, just Don, Don just like really open about his love of Vanguard. So how did you discover Vanguard or what made you like a Vanguard guy? Uh, well, that's not that's not initially where I started at. I started with uh, like my normal Bank of America. Um, no, not Bank of America. I was with uh, USAA. And then I, I went through there. I, bought, I was just when I first started, started investing, I just bought like, OK, let me just this. This makes sense. Like, I, I think this is what I should be buying. I bought that and I did that for like maybe the first year or so. And I was just in like some 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 scam fun or whatever that it was. I can't even remember what it was, but it wasn't, it wasn't producing like I thought it was going to be. So I was like, this may, maybe I'm not in the right thing. So again, YouTube researching so forth and so on. And then that's when I found Vanguard. And then that's when I transferred all my money over to Vanguard, which was an easy, smooth transition. Um, and honestly, I, I like Vanguard funds, but I am not a fan of Vanguard's, um, brokerage their whole setup like i can't like even when i tell people let's talk about language right there their interface is ass right that's very worst but they need to definitely work and the crazy part about that don and i'm sorry because i'm i'm you don't hit a nerve with me but the crazy part about that is they've gotten better that shows you how bad it was yeah it's it's gotten better but it still ain't it like it's I understand. I really understand what they're doing. I understand, like, like I don't even, I don't even recommend. I recommend Vanguard funds, but I don't recommend their platform because it's hard to walk people through. Like, I've, I've tried it. Like, well, hey, how do you set up a fund? Like, walking people through it, it is complicated. Even for someone that I've been using them for the, you know, I don't know, the last seven, eight years, it's still not like, it's not like night and day. It's not like Fidelity and Charles Schwab, where they're just as like. You can kind of walk through their platform with your eyes closed and figure everything out. Vanguard not like that. You might do some it's crazy not, stuff with Vanguard. Right? It's not. But I do want to put this on the record. There's a reason for that, right? So Vanguard yeah, they, they, they got they got their target market, who they want, and the people that they want aren't looking for the 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 gimmicks, I guess. They yeah. got they got a target market. They they want old white money. Like <laughs> right. but it's also something else, right? So a lot of people don't understand how Vanguard is structured. Vanguard is owned by the people that own the funds. Right? Yeah. So the one benefit of that is they are always looking to cut costs, which is why they're the lowest funds there are. So sometimes questions I get, people will say, well, you talk about these low expense ratios. Paul Schwab has one with a low expense ratio. Show us fidelity, right? But those are for-profit companies, meaning that they have to make it up in some way. Someone else is paying for this in a different product. This is yeah. a for them, right? Vanguard doesn't really have loss leaders because... 
everything is owned by the people that own it. So they're constantly looking to bring things down. So they won't invest in their mobile app the same way that a Schwab or Fidelity because they have to, right? They got to attract business because they are for profit. Yeah. So, I mean, just want to put that out there. Um, but I, I love their products too, right? Let me ask you this question. Ask someone who's made the transition from buying, like, you know, um, we call them shit coins and crypto. I'm going to start calling them shit shit funds you went from buying all the shit funds to buying the vanguard funds right if you had to take your money and put it in a one vanguard fund you couldn't have three you had to just take it in one what would it be bti little stock market index absolutely i think that's and that's where i mean you could you could, i would say they're interchangeable between that and you know the s p 500 vu or VOO, yeah. yeah so i would say they're, they're basically the same like there's not too much deviation and change in it so and that's like i mean you say the same thing that's that's 95%. Like that's 95% of people should be in that and mind yeah. your business. Like put your money in that and then go out and make more money. Like don't worry about anything. Like very, very few people should even touch or deal with individual stocks. It's just easier. What I find is it's easier to explain individual stocks to someone that's new than it is to explain funds and how funds make money. It's just, it's, when you when you first start, I think it's just it's easier to understand like individual stocks. Like, oh, so I'm buying a share of this company. Oh, snaps. Okay, solid. Like, it makes it makes sense in that aspect. But I don't think I and people people kind of when people do come to me for questions and stuff like that, um, that's what I tell them. I tell and I tell them the truth. Like, I don't I don't have any. I'm not out here selling anything. But I tell you the truth. Ninety five percent of all my money is in, in in basically three ETFs. That's 95% of my money. I have some individual companies, but 95% of it is all in, in Vanguard funds across the board. Yeah, that's powerful, man. You know, it, Corey, I was going to tell you this too. So the other day I'm talking to a young boy that got locked up around away. I'm trying to just, you know, talk to him by staying out of trouble and blah, blah, blah. And he hit me with a, a something that it, it actually made me think about people with investing. So I'm asking him, like, why would you go out there and, you know, do this? I'm not going to put his business out there. Would you do this at the third? He looked at me. He was like, oh, gee, I didn't think I was going to get caught. <laughs> but what it made me realize is when you talk to people about, like, funds and things like that, the reason it's hard is because most people really believe they can beat the market. Right? Oh, yeah, that's true. It doesn't matter how much data or math you show them. Most people, like, they, oh, gee, I ain't gonna, I didn't think I was going to get caught. Like, they really believe like they're the one, like they're Neo. I can beat the market. That's what they believe. <laughs> Studies show that most people can't, which is why I always say what I say about 95% of y'all, because y'all ain't going to do no studying anyway. Just yeah. buy index and mind your business. And like you said, that's the other part. Go make more money, right? Yeah. So, um, all right, it's interesting, man. So um, how did you discover the FIRE movement? Uh, through through the original knowledge, like I said, I had, I had uh, started having excess money, and then I started going through like the investing uh start going through like understanding investing and stuff like that and then i think honestly i just think it was just like one of those like i ran across a podcast a youtube video and once i did i, I started with the uh, i think it was like choose f5 which is like the hugest uh platform yeah. and i started I, I literally i started listening to everything like i was like and i just started to make sense to me i was like it just it was like it was simple math like okay like if you invest 5% for 40 years, you'll be able to retire at, you know, 60, 65 years old. If you just increase that percentage, 10, 15, 20, some people go 50, 60%, you just increase that uh, percentage that you invest, then you can just retire early. And I was like, and, and it's all math, like it's all math based. Uh, obviously there's some, there's some, uh, I have some, uh, 
problems with the math that that goes into it and like how people look at it but it's all math based so it, it, it kind of made a lot of sense to me and as one thing with the military that's always positive is that uh year over year basically almost every year we get kind of a pay raise which a lot of people don't know but every year we kind of get a pay raise it's, it's not always crazy but you get a pay raise and then what i did throughout my life once i got married and stuff like that one thing i did was i was living off of um basically like my e4 type of pay and i and i didn't have to increase my income because now i have no debt i have no car payment i have nothing i, I tacked on a wife that comes with because of the military she came with extra money from the military so I started making more money once I got married. So it gave me even more disposable income. So I started like, oh, I can put more money away. Like once I understand, like, okay, this is what you do with disposable income. I, it was just like one of those things where I just, all right, let me just keep doing this. And I started making more and more money and it made it more and more easier. And I started seeing it and I started seeing the results. Like once you start seeing the results, it's like, yo, this shit can't work. Let me keep doing this. Yeah, yeah. And I, I ain't going to put your business out there, but I, I have seen you online talk about, you know, the, the, the kind of network that you built up by following the movement. So uh, I'll let the people find that online. I ain't going to put your business out there because we still have I have one question and you can decline or, or, or answer whatever. Does your does your uh, network now, uh, will that be able to carry you for the rest of, like when you retire, do, do you have enough income from your, um, you know, the things that you've invested in to, to live on? Not, um, just obviously using projected numbers. Not if I not if I retired. Like if I was if I left the military today, no. Um, if I left looking like I said, I still got about eighteen months. Looking at how much I invest yearly and like, you know normal rate of return. When I leave at eighteen months, that's I honestly the way I kind of looked at my financial independence journey. That's step one. Like I could at that point including my pension with my pension and what i have saved up i could retire at that point which would be at 38 i could yeah and I, like i said i ain't gonna put down business out there but i have seen you talk about it and show it online so you've done pretty good for yourself right um and congratulations on that man but one thing about it is like you know you often talk about why you believe more of us should be practicing fire can you talk about that like when you learn it, and I guess because you saw it work, like what made you start to become a proponent of black people of uh, really following and practicing the fire movement? Um, so in my in my opinion, like um, I think finance, like when you talk about financial, personal finance across the board, um, I think we need to target the masses and not the um, the select few. So yeah, yeah, like you'll see, and we we kind of do it because it is is insatiable, it's sexy, it's it's what I call for my basketball people is the Stromall Swift effect. Like if you if you remember, dude, if you look at his highlights, you would swear he's a top 10 player of all time. If you just looked at his highlights, Man, he was punching on folks. Yeah, <laughs> like if, if you looked at his highlights and you looked at Tim Duncan, you'd be like, I don't even think you would look at it like Tim Duncan, not in the NBA. Like he's not he a G League player. You would kind of look at his highlights. You would yeah. think that. But it, that that's that's kind of how I, I look at it. And that's what I see with the whole entrepreneurial thing and stuff like that the true nature of it is most people across in our community in almost every community is just going to work a nine-to-five job that is that is that is 90 percent of people are going to work a nine-to-five job for x amount of years and what i think the, the principles of fire that helps out is that even i'm not i'm not a real component of the retire early for our community at least um but it gives like a way of like having assets and wealth passed down, you know, 
from just your normal nine to five job, not doing anything, um, not doing anything crazy or anything extra, just working your nine to five, trying to be the best employee or whatever you want to call it that you can be and putting enough way enough money. When you imagine what you would be, you know, if you worked your normal 40 year career, but you were investing, you know, 30, 40, 50 percent of your income since the time you started to like the end of it, you're you're individually building a level of wealth for yourself and your immediate family that could be sustainable for a long period of time. And then not to then when you also take into consideration what life expectancy is like, like just the math is there. Compound interest is real. Like the math is there. If you retired at 65 and you got, you know, five million dollars net worth or something like that. Imagine what that's going to be when you're 80, when you just, you know, what I mean? like obviously you're going to have to take yeah, yeah. some of that money off, off the table, but you you have enough wealth to actually pass down to the next generations. And I think it's because it's doable through the nine to five, what everyone's going to do. I think it's a, I, I think it's a force multiplier once people understand how they, how it works and everything else. Gotcha. So I think that what you're saying is a lot of people in this space focus on like, um, the, 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 the pretty stuff that is only really made for a small percentage of us. Yeah. I made for most of us. Right. I, I think about some of the tricks with life insurance. Right. It's not that they don't work. It's just that the they, average don't, work for the, they don't work for the math. Yeah. yeah the yeah. average doesn't do that. And that's another thing that goes back to my whole my whole thing that I realized when the young boy told me that I didn't think I was going to quote OG. Most people don't see themselves as average. Right. Right. It's why you see people fighting for like billionaire tax cuts, because in their head, they think one day they're going to be a billionaire. That you're, that you're on the same level, like yeah, yeah. It's like yo, you're it, fighting for billionaires because in your head you think so. Yeah, most people. I, I, might, I might be at that table one day. Nah, bro. Like that's like the way I look at it. Like, I, in my opinion, everyone has a million dollar idea. Everybody got a million dollar idea. Like investing twenty five percent into just your, you know, investing twenty five percent of your income for forty years. That's a million dollar idea at the end of it. You know, buying a rental property, one rental property every year for 10, 15 years. That's a million dollar idea. Only a few people got billion dollar ideas. Yeah. Like I ain't got no billion dollar idea. So I invest in people that do got billion dollar ideas. Like Jeff Bezos, that's a billion dollar idea. Like Elon Musk, hey, you got a billion dollar idea. Let me just invest and, and ride the wave. Like, you know, like get, get my cut. Like I don't got a billion dollar idea and I ain't, I'm, I'm the average dude to be honest with you. And I, and I, I rock out with it and enjoy it. <laughs> well, no, I actually respect that, right? Because it comes with a level of self-awareness. Um, plus, it seems to me through this conversation that were you were you good at math as a kid? Uh absolutely not. Like um how these questions answered? You talk about the math and this and the math and that. It's like, so when did you like did that become a thing if you're saying you weren't good at math? I it only math, honestly, math and education and reading and learning, it only became important. When I realized that it could get money, like it, it equals money. Like, like when I was once I I'd be honest with you, once I hit the ninth grade and I realized I was gonna go into the military, I completely became literally the worst student on the man. Like I was literally no lie, I was 120 of 120 of my graduating class. I was the I was the last person that was like, Hey, you got the worst GPA in this whole school. I was like, Did I graduate? Yeah, all right, cool. And, and, and roll with it. Like then and not looking back on it might have been not been the best idea, but at the end of the result, like hey, it was what it was at the time. Yeah, for me. That's really interesting to me because like talking to Don these days, Don talks about math, he talks about books, right? You're a whole different person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but see, that's what 20 years. See, this is what I'm and this is what I like to tell uh children because I work with high school children. It's not about it is it, the things you do 
the thing is you set yourself up for success immediately because you already knew what you were going to do. So you already knew that I was going and I'm going into the military and this is what I'm going to do. And so your, your life plan, your success plan was already in place, regardless of whether or not um, you succeeded in, in school or whatever, your success plan was already in place. A lot of these kids don't have a success plan, right? They just, they out here just willy nilly with it. Right. Yeah. And so even though you weren't a quote unquote good student, what you had was something that 95% of people that's grown don't have, which is I have a success plan. I'm going into the military. This is what I'm going to do. And you follow that path all the way through. What you have is follow through, right? That's that's the other thing, right? Follow through is big. You know what I mean? Like follow through is big. It's it, that the determining factor in a lot of successful yeah, but to me though it's just interesting hearing this because like i said don like don talks about books his profile pick on all his pages of different books right so don <laughs> talks about books and talks about math and i'm like hold up this is a dude that didn't like to read so let's talk about your your your, your newfound level book you said you started to like books once you realized that the knowledge in there can help you make more money right yeah what um was it then? Well, so that turned you on to reading uh well one it was um so as far as like uh I, I low key, I think is probably one of my superpowers is, is planning. And I, I, I got that initially. Uh, thank, thank God for Mr. Uncle Nate. Uh, he lived down the street from me. He's one of my, uh, my grandmother's friends or whatever. He taught me how to play chess. And, and when I, when I learned to play chess, I mean, like, I'm talking about really learning to play. Like I was like, I was reading books. I was, I, I thought I was going to be the black Bobby Fisher at seven years old. I was, hitting, I was, I was playing at the clock. I was good. Like I, that's what I, so I understood like planning ahead of time. So going into the military, like thought about going to the military, I planned ahead of time. Like I knew from ninth grade, that was going to be the, the course of action. Um, So that was one of the things that I guess got worked into it. And then in the military, and I also had the ability to be hyper-focused. Like, I hyper-focused young on, on playing chess. Then after that, it was basketball. I got hyper-focused. Uh, as soon as I joined the military, I got hyper-focused on just trying to be the best I could be at that aspect. Um, and then with that comes comes reading. Like, you actually have to read. No, Very few people do it. If you're trying to get promoted, very few people do it. But you're supposed to read a certain amount of books, like at each, uh, what we call pay grades, you know, E1, E2, E3, whatever. There's a certain, there's like 20, 25 books that you're supposed to read at every grade. Uh, and I started there and that it was like, it was kind of interesting, you know, cause I was reading, um, but it's all military based. There's, there's nothing outside of the military. It's like, you know, history of this battle, this battle, you know, whatever, Vietnam, you know, World War One, Two. you're reading all that type of stuff. And I started reading that. But then once I, I started learning personal finance, it was easy to like, oh, make a transition to reading that. And then once I started reading that, it was a little bit more interesting. Um, but after a certain point in time, like if you read the books, they, they're kind of repetitive over time. Yeah. And then I started throwing a lot more history and a lot more stuff in there. But uh, I think, honestly, I think I think reading is probably, it's, it's the real hack. Like, honestly, like, because you can't, I think the difference between reading a book and like maybe like a blog post or something that nature is it has is is vetted it's kind of like vetted information like like when you when you look at a published book there's some of the information obviously you can get some some shady stuff in there whatever have you but most of the information is vetted someone really spent years writing this particular book sometimes so it's that's where i find it's the best resource and 
sometimes people don't like it. I understand people don't take it all the time. But when people come to me like, hey, how do I get started investing? And some people ask me, like, what course should I take? I tell them don't take no course. Like, I, like and the only reason I say that is because if when you when you start trying to learn something from right off scratch, if you're going to take a course immediately, you don't know, especially nowadays, you don't know how to vet good information from bad information. Yeah. So you could you could get in there and like someone's like, no, you should never invest any of your money in the stock market. You should be buying oil futures and that's it. Like, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like, but when you got the when you go out and actually do your own research prior to looking for someone else to teach you, you can come in, you can come to the table with some type background yeah. information on it. Yeah. So so let me ask you this. Uh, I got a couple questions for you. First off, I got to set up a chess game between you and Corey. We're going to live stream that, man. Because uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's been a few decades, but I, I, I can bring it. I, I thought I knew how to play chess until I played Corey. Then I, I don't think I played since because uh, uh, Corey, Corey, a low key Bobby Fisher himself, man. He, he ain't going to tell you that. I, I, I knew. I, he, I, played, he played, I played tournament chess until I was tw- uh, 19 years old. Yeah, see, so so once once he smoked me, I stopped playing. But anyway, so but let me ask you this question though. Um, I have a couple based on that. The first is give me a couple of your favorite books. It could be history, it could be finance, whatever it may be. This what what are a couple of your favorite books that you enjoy reading? Um, I would obviously I would say Black Titan's probably hands down my favorite. Like that, uh, that's the story of A. G. Gaston. That's more or less like when I read that, I was like, yo, if he can do it, like. Yo, I can get a little bit of something. If he can do it at that time, I can get something. Um, Up From Slavery, Autobiography of uh, Booker T. Washington is another one. Um, I, we talk about a lot. Cass is, is a huge one. Um, yeah. Uh, the Autobiography of Malcolm X, that's actually, that's probably the only book that I've read multiple times, the Autobiography of Malcolm X. Like, I've probably read it at least 10 times. Like, that's a... Uh, Same here. Same here. Yeah. And I read, it, I read his, his, I guess the newest one that came out a few years ago. That wasn't too bad, but it wasn't the same as the one from Alex Haley. But nah, nah. Uh, so I mean, those, those are some good books. Black Titan is definitely a powerful book for those that haven't read that. Sure. Yeah, that's dope. So the next question I have is this: Um, I only got a couple more things before we get you done. But let me ask you this though: Now that you have embraced the fire movement, you've seen how it's worked in your life. You've built wealth. You've paid off debt. Um, you actually still. It's funny, Corey mentioned your ability to have a plan. And you started this by telling us you're, you're planning the next 18 months. So you're still working with a plan, right? Absolutely. I think you have to. Do you find um, some of your peers in the military, do they come to you for advice? Have they seen what you've been able to do and follow suit? Do they ask you, like, yo, Don, what's up? With, like, like, What has been the response to your peers um, in terms of what you've done with your life and their finances? Like, uh, I mean, a lot of people do uh, as far as the military is concerned. And honestly, because... <laughs> Where the military is interested in that, um, I don't, and I like, I haven't dealt with the, the civilian world in the same sense, so I'm not sure that's how it's like that. But in the military, for me at least, I've gotten my all my friends, I would say friends in the military, are all the people I came in with, like the people I, I met 18 years ago. Those are my friends. Everybody since then has just been co workers because you honestly, you know them for. So you might interact with them for three years and then you're off to your next duty station. So you, you kind of know it's not long term. So for me, I'm if we if we sitting around and we just like, you know, just talking, talking, yada, yada, yada. I'm talking like you, if you if you if you if you talk to me, you, you're going to talk some money. We're going to talk money. We're going to talk business. That's what I'm interested in. If you if you if you're talking about whatever Nicki Minaj is doing and, and what like I'm. 
I'm not even talking to you. Like you start if we're in a conversation, you bring up Nicki Minaj. I'm like, all right, bro. I don't know anything about. I don't know anything about her. And I'm going on about my day. But if, you, if we have a conversation, it, that's that's just the topic that I bring up. So when people hear hear me talking about it, um, people know that yo, if you're gonna talk, if you're gonna if you're gonna talk to him, you might as well not talk to him if you don't want to talk about money. Like as simple as that. Gotcha. Like we talk about we at work, we can talk about work, or we're gonna talk about this money. Anything in between that, I ain't got no conversation. That is crazy, yo. Um, so let me ask you this question: How has your uh, wife supported you in your journey? Is she is she bought into the to the mission? Ah, uh, to be honest with you, I think I think that's the that's the the black wealth hack. Like part two is like having having a, like a supportive spouse in that. Uh, I would say it's probably the probably my greatest thing is that like she allows me to be i guess me like how how i think about things like it's never been any um pushback to it and because it hasn't been any pushback and in, in my opinion because she sees that it's uh how it how it pays off because she was there in the beginning where it was like yo money kind of even though in the beginning we were spending more money but we really didn't have like we had less money, but we were spending more money. Like, you know, like well, there was nothing able, on it. able to see the results, right? Yeah. So she like, oh, well, this makes sense. Like, okay, let's do this. And she gets to see like, like I'm going to like, and, and we also, which I, I'm not, a, some people in the fire movement do it. I don't, I understand like living, living with a black woman is different, right? I can't, I can't, some of the stuff you hear on some of these podcasts, like, oh yeah, I started cutting my wife's hair and yeah, none of yeah, I'm not yeah. doing like, she yeah, ain't I'm having. Glad, I'm glad like, you said that, right? Because she's she getting her hair done. She buying her hair products, and I'm not stopping them. Like, okay, and, and it's the way I budget. I, I push my, I put my money, my investment money in the beginning of the month. Everything else that hit the account, hey, let's spend it like, hey, you're spending like rock stars. It don't make no difference. Yeah. So, like some of those things that oh, other people talk about, I'm like that's not my life, and I'm not doing that. Like that's not yeah, what yeah. I do. No, so that, that's that's dope though. You got someone that supports you. So, uh, unlike unlike all these relationship podcasts, she actually built something with you. As opposed to something you already built, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> but no, but um, it's something you said, right? Because one of the things about studying the fire movement, and I've read a lot of fire books. I read one book. It's called uh, "The Frugal Woods." I don't know if you ever read that book. I, I, I haven't read her. I haven't read their books, but I listened to I listened to a few of their interviews. All right. So here's the thing, right? In every you know, quote unquote, lifestyle, whatever, I mean, people take things to the extreme. Dog in their book, they was talking about reusing paper towels and like, <laughs> like taking the fly off of the toilet. Like I'm talking about very extreme things to save money. And I was like, all right. So, but that led me down a journey because like, I was like, is everybody in fire this extreme? Because they was wilding. But that also led me down to it's something you said earlier about the idea of retiring early, right? That doesn't really appeal to you, but financial independence does. Yeah, uh, I found out these other things like there's coast fire, there's like some called barista fire, or this fire. There's multiple um, types of you know um, like things you can get into within the fire movement. So that's how I discovered that by realizing that some folks are just way too extreme. And that that is that is absolutely, and that's not that's not how I that's not how I do it. Like I, I don't I don't I don't got time for that. Like Saturday, that's like that's the day me and the wife are both off. We're gonna go somewhere, we're gonna go eat, we're gonna go do something. We're gonna Saturday is a three hundred dollar day every Saturday. Like that's just it costs, it, it costs that much money to go outside. Like, yeah, like outside you go out and eat. Yeah, like outside costs money. And and I don't and I we don't necessarily like 
it's not that important. You know, like once you that's, the way that's I look at it, right? That's built yeah, like, Once you once you and what I do for budgeting, like I reverse budget. Uh, I think Paula Pant came up with that where like I put my money, all my money that's going to be invested, like that starts off my month basically. Like if I if I only had one paycheck for the month, it would I know how much I'm going to invest. I invest that much. Like yeah, this is technically the first for me. So I paid, I put my money into my investment today. Everything else that hit the account, whatever. Let's you know, I don't, I'm not concerned about where it gets spent, how it gets spent, because I've already taken care of what I deem the most important thing. Gotcha. Like my you know, my investments are taken care of, the bills are gonna be taken care of from a certain account, and then everything after that, whatever, like I I don't care at that point. Like I don't need to worry about that. You know, so good stuff, man. That's a good way to look at it. I'm telling you, man, I've seen people talk about reusing tea bags. I'm like, yeah. yo, y'all out here wilding. Cool. Was, or I'm not was one dude, take things to the extreme, bro. Th there was one dude that was on um uh journey to launch with Jamila Safran, and he was talking about like he go in the he go he went into the the like Dunkin' Donuts and all them about to close, and he go to the dumpster and wait until they about to throw food out. I'm like, I'm like, bro, it's not, it's not, it's not that serious. They be having like half a mil in the account, and this is how they yo. I'm like, yo, why? Like, just like it's not that serious. Like, I, um, it's not that big a deal to me to be honest with you. But I'm also, I'm also, I'm also not um the early retirement thing. Some of that is um. I'm not saying that it's not for um uh, for for our community the early retirement thing, but I I I, I take things in the, like the context of where am I at now like where, where what opportunities I have and should I give up these opportunities just just to sit around and do nothing like I not I don't know I, I I don't it doesn't it doesn't really make sense now if you if you one person that you work in a job that you utterly hate and you can't stand your boss and you dream of killing everybody in the office. All right, now you move on and do something else. Like, but I also think the the broad stream financial uh, independence uh, movement itself is really a bunch of people that all they did was transition to something else. There's there's not the people that you hear about are people that basically did career changes versus actually retired. You know, you turn and now you're a podcaster, you're a content creator, you're you're selling a court. Like that's really what you did. Like you really didn't retire as, as a, in a broad sense of you know. You, 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 you just got a different. Yeah. No, so man. you know, but it's also funny to me because, um, and I guess because so many people hate their jobs that when they find someone that has something that they do they like, it doesn't make sense to them because they hate their job so much. It's like no people out here. Some people actually like what they do. Yeah, like I, I work with a few people that they they love what they do, and I don't I don't knock it, and I don't um, I, I if people want work work fine, but I'm I'm also when I say that, that's still a thought of like, um, when I when I show up like even now even being in the military like I'm way more relaxed about everything because. In a weird way, like sometimes I, I look at my account and I look down and the market was was green that day. And I'm like, I made more than I would have made working for this. You know what I mean? So I'm, yeah. I'm more relaxed because I don't feel the pressure of like, I need this. You know, I feel like gotcha, I'm here because I want to. Like, I don't need this. So it's more relaxed. I get yeah. that. Right? Me and Corey talked about it before. Like when you start to make, when, you're, when your money starts making a certain amount of money, you start to hate your job less because it's, it's like you said, you know, it's not that important. Yeah. Like, 
Like we're about to like for us, like uh, the government shut down, all that stuff is coming, and it, it might affect service members. And I got people that are, I got people that are trying to take out loans right now, and da, 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 da. and people like someone asked me that they like, hey, what are you gonna do if the government shut down? I'm like, ain't got nothing to do with me. Like, what I got? Like, hopefully, turn it back on. Yeah, I'm going like, on Twitter. Yeah, like, you're like, are you? Are you? Are you and someone asked me, like, are you gonna be good with your bills? I was like, my bills are, my bills are paid in advance. Like, my. my, my I don't. I'm not. I'm not stressed about that. Like, I, and it's and it's and it makes working so much easier because it's just like, this not important. Like, I don't. I don't stress. I don't. I don't have to stress. I don't stress about it. Like, money is not as huge of a stressor. It's an amazing point in life, man. I was having this debate with a colleague of mine. I saw so a real estate investor, and I was telling him how, like, over the last decade or so, I've been selling off my properties and going more into paper assets, and they were telling me that I'm crazy. And what I was telling them is that. One of the things that people don't talk about a lot as it pertains to investing and finances is stress, right? Even if I have reserves and I have a building, um, when I have a tenant that's paying rent and all that, there's a certain level of stress with knowing that you're responsible for providing shelter for that person and their family, make sure everything's fine. My VNQ don't do that, right? <laughs> and for those who don't know what VNQ is, that's my other Vanguard ETF, right? That's the, the real estate fund. It don't do that, right? So... I'm glad you're talking about stress because I think that's something else that we have to talk about, right? When people are chasing these specific um, investments or even jobs, is what stress comes with that? How do you measure stress versus the return for that stress? Mm. With the high levels of like corporations, they're getting paid because they got to deal with more stress. Yeah. You know so I mean? it's, I did, and that, that's the one thing I, I do think for our community, like everyone should be on a board with at, at whatever level they can reach it at. Uh, because one thing about this community, people, when you when you get into the larger Pell people spaces about this community, they oh this is anybody can do this. This is not uh this is not like this has nothing to do with privilege. Like, bro, that's because you you don't understand like you don't understand. Not everybody yeah. can do this. This is a it, it, I, I catch myself doing it at the same time. Like, this is a very privileged space to even think about like. You know, like how much money it takes you, you're, you're actually putting to the side. One, when you, when you think about how much money you're investing, that means you have to make twice that whatever you're probably investing for the most yeah. part. You know, so it's like this is a privileged space. Like everyone is there. It's not all about uh, I just work harder than everybody. Nah, bro. <laughs> no, like some people and, I, and people are completely deny. That's a huge thing. People deny their privilege because they think it takes away from their accomplishments. Like, no, I think it just puts you in a real space. Like, am I privileged? I grew up in a single parent household. Like where I'm from, that's privileged because I knew people that didn't even have that. I knew people that went like they showed up to school and they got to sell. They literally got to be out here moving weight because ain't nobody at their house. They're the adult, like their older brother that's 13 takes care of them. Like that's what I grew up. So my single parent was, was a privilege. Um, like I said before, like with the military, the first and the fifteenth always been there. Like that's a privilege that I'm I'm almost forty years old and I don't understand. I I never dealt with a layoff. I never dealt with not knowing where my next paycheck is coming from. And I'm almost forty years old, so that's a privilege that I have that other people don't have. You know, like I look at you know benefits from the military itself, like how I how I bought my first house. I didn't bring nothing to the table. I, I, down payment, no. Nah, VA loan, check. Like that's a privilege. Like that's a privilege because some and some people say, well, anybody can join the military. If you've been in the military, you understand not anybody can do this. Not anybody can. 
not anybody can and not anybody should do this. Like you see some people that always do that, like, oh, uh, when in doubt, just join the military. Like, bro, you don't you you have no, no idea what you're telling somebody to no, do man. and what comes with this party. Like it it no man. a lot comes with this, and it's not just like just do this, just just do this. No, no it's man. not it's not like that. You know, it's 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 interesting, right? Because I, I'm glad you feel that way because I hate people that feel the other way, like. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with recognizing your privilege. I know I'm privileged in so many ways, um, but that's also because I get outside of my bubble and I realize how other folks are living, man. One of the things my granddad told me when I was a kid, he's like, man, listen, he said, uh, there's always going to be somebody doing worse than you and there's always going to be somebody doing better than you. So just stop sweating things. And always stop. There's always somebody going to be doing worse than you. Always somebody's going to be doing better. Um, Core, I see you over there shaking your head with that military comment, man. Yeah, man, like, because people just be recommending the military, like, it's just, like, a, a, a fun place to be and all this stuff. Like, no, man, like, people die. Like, Absolutely. Like, people, like, die. people come out with mental illnesses. People come out maimed and deformed. Like, you can't just willy-nilly send somebody. Like, this country, in the history of this country, it's been peacetime for like 20 years out of the 500 years we've been on this in this country. Like 20 years in total mm. where we haven't been part of a war. Total. Yeah. In 500 years. So what you're what you're recommending to somebody, and what's crazy is three and a half of the four years where I was in in the military was peacetime. Out of those, out of, like literally, I, I caught a break because I, I went in in ninety at the end of ninety seven, and I got out in two thousand and one, right after, right after um nine eleven. Look at you! Look at you! Your privilege. You got to serve and didn't even have to like really, you know. I, the thing is, they tried to send me to Pakistan when I had like two months left, and I was like, "You're gonna have to lock me underneath for eleven." <laughs> I got two months left, but anyway. But listen, so, <laughs> no, so, Dom, man. So, so Corey, me ask you this question: You got any questions for Don before we close out? No, man, Don. You know, I because a lot of his story is familiar with me. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. familiar with it because I played chess as a youth. Uh, you know, I, I went and served in the military. I, you know. I've done a lot of the same things that Don did. What I didn't do is I didn't take advantage of none of the military stuff that he did. I gotta get better at that because I, yeah, I that, that was my that was actually my last question, right? Because you seemingly um understand how to navigate that military space. And I was gonna ask you how many people you think don't take full advantage of the benefits that you get as a military person, right? Because you get all kinds of benefits. But I've talked to people in the military, and they don't know half of what you know about certain programs and certain things that are available to you. I would, I would, if I if I had to put a number to it, one the the one thing about the, the benefits, like um, the vast number of benefits, like you're, you're every state has their own, like every state has their own veterans like affairs office and stuff like that. So each state has their own type of things that's going on. Okay. So. For you to actually maximize all the benefits, you have to. It's a, it's an education within itself to maximize all the benefits. Like there's that's people's full time jobs in you know in the in, in the VA area. That's people's full time jobs just to inform veterans about venture uh, veteran benefits. The only but, thing I hear about is tuition. That's uh, anybody from the military. Only thing they all, only thing they talk about is tuition. That's and, it. And that and that's the and that's oh, the one oh, that's oh, broadcast. Loan for a property. Those two things. And that's the, those are the two things that are broadcast in the, in the very beginning, but 
and that, that's the, that's and that's the one reason why most people know about it because if you if you think about the normal age, most people only serve four years. That's ninety five percent of people only going to serve four years. Okay. So within your first four years, the only two benefits that you ever listened to was GI Bill, VA loan. Everything else after that, you kind of didn't really pay attention to. Um, you probably weren't at a pay grade where you really cared about the taxes too much, and that was. Or you mentioned like the tax breaks is the biggest one. Like that's that's the one no one ever talks about, but that's the biggest one when you're on the active duty side. Um, that and then everyone talks about obviously VA disability. That becomes that that becomes a big thing after after a few years, especially after you get out, or if you're like uh, myself, where you you hit towards that retirement point, the VA disability becomes another huge thing that people try to go after. Um, but you know, there's no way to there's no way to maximize to use all the benefits. There's and some things just don't apply. You know, like there's there's some things that just don't apply to you. Uh, so those two things are going to be used for most veterans, but everything else probably not going to be used. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. It, it doesn't it doesn't apply to a lot of people. Okay, all right, cool, man. Don, so what's the future, man? What's the future look like? I know 18 months you getting out of there, man. You got any other plans out like after after the military? What do you, you got any plans now? Uh, well, uh. Right now, uh, the plan of attack, like I said earlier, I'm not I'm not completely wrapped in the early retirement thing. Uh, I don't really. It, it for me personally, it doesn't it doesn't doesn't fit. I rather I rather make money. I rather make some money, spend up all my money doing whatever and then go back and make money. Then then have to retire early and then live off some strict budget. Like, 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 oh, no, we can't eat here. No, I'm not. I don't live that life. Like if I if I choose. You if I choose to go to a restaurant, we need all of them. Uh, say again. I say, Corey, Don will be one of the people that disappear. We don't hear from. Next thing you know, they find out that Don is a Blackwater operative. Looking <laughs> <laughs> like six hundred k a year. I, I, I am, I am anti that space. Like it sounds, and to be honest with you, those jobs are legit. Like those, those Blackwater, those contracting jobs, they are hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollar jobs across the board. That's for somebody else. I don't watch the movies. I it's kind of like I think the movie like The Covenant just came out or something like that. Well, and yeah, somebody they get busy on there on Amazon. Yeah, I, ain't watch it, it. I told Corey to watch it. And some people say like, oh yeah, that's a great movie. And somebody like, but me, I don't watch that's like I've been there, done that, check that box. I don't need to watch the movies on it. Like I'm I'm, I'm good on it. So I'm not I'm not stepping foot. In nobody third world country no more. Like I'm not no 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 I'm not doing that. Like that's yeah. I'm cool on that. Um but I do I got a few I got a few gigs lined up um that depending on where it where it end up taking me, I'll probably end up leaving VA here uh if I take those positions. Uh but that's it. Transition out of military, uh find the next gig that's gonna pay me, um, uh, and continue investing, doing what I do on that end. Uh but that's it for the most part. A, a small part of me thinks about, you know, hopping into this uh this uh financial influencer space every now and then. But listen, man, it's, it's, it's always room for more folks, man. Especially with your story. You really do it, you know. What I mean? Yeah, you actually do it. You got a story and um you got a, a specific way of looking at it, man. That's why we that's why we call you Vida, man. Like, you know, you the, you the Vanguard guy, man. So listen, man, whatever you do, man, much continued success. Um, we appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and also for just explaining why you believe that fire is important for our community. Because um, I do think that more people should, if even if they don't practice it, should just read up on it, learn how it works, right? Apply some of it to their life, maybe. Um, but I, I, I want to say thank you for sharing your story, Don. I appreciate you, bro. Uh, no problem, man. Uh, I just I just do, do want to say this, though, but um, 
the, like the, the overall principles of it are, are pretty the principles of in my opinion the principles of fire are kind of like the principle of basic you know financial personal finance you know live beneath your means invest you know as much as possible yada 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 mm -hmm. and where financial independence gets kind of extreme is when you get to those people you know the 50 60 70 percent uh people investing and stuff like that but one thing i do think about for in the masses even if you're not gonna like try to pursue it i think you still you still probably need to be around somewhere between 20 and 25 percent of your income anyway when, when you when you project out what what this world's gonna look like going uh going forward 20 30 years from now like we're, that's why when some people say in the financial independence movement they they only look at their how much their expenses are and then they multiply times whatever and that gives them their financial independence movement their, their number and i'm like that's not really solid planning because you don't know what new expenses are going to be need to have in the future like all right, if you think about it from our, our grandparents like if you grew up if you retired in the 80s you weren't prepared for cell phones you weren't prepared for um internet, internet, internet like streaming services all this stuff like that you don't know what's going to be the next thing that's going to be a need to have like you know like we might be doing brain tricks or whatever you know so yeah like you just don't know so i think sometimes people they underestimate how much they're really supposed like really need to have. And for myself, I don't do that. I look at uh, me personally, I look at the lifestyle I want to live versus how much my, my my expenses are. Like my expenses are one thing right now during my working years. That don't mean that's the way the same way I want to live when I ain't got nothing to do all day. Like I'm not, you know, like yeah. working takes up eight, ten hours of my day now. When it doesn't, I'm probably gonna spend that time spending money. Like it's it's society. So the other benefit to, to the way you've actually approached it is you also have that pension. A lot of people don't have pensions these days. Like most yeah. people have pensions these days. So outside of what you've been able to stack, you're going to get a pension too. Yep. And that, that starts 18 months from now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right, uh, man. Listen, man, we appreciate you. I'll put a uh, link to some of Don's social media within the description. Just be careful going to his Twitter. But with that being said, <laughs> everybody watching this, leave us some feedback. Um, leave us some comments. Let us know what you think about the fire movement. Um, Don, man, you know it's love, bro. We appreciate you, man. Always being a part of our community and always sharing um, good information, man. Corey, you got any last words, bro? Man, no, just keep doing what you're doing, man. You you out here doing it right, man, and, and keep sharing. I'm glad you got a group where people could come share with you. Absolutely, man. And as we tell everybody out there, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Green Elevates, we'll see you guys in our next episode. Peace.